All right, recording in progress. The, hello, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for coming and joining to, in today's SEO Happy Hour. We will have Levi Kulkas. Probably I'm not pronouncing her last name correctly, but it's just Perfect. the way I am. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining the call, especially on the Sunday evening. And um, thank you so much for talking about this topic, because I know it's very uh, important and uh, a lot of people are having ADHD, but they don't know how to handle properly. So uh, having you in the SEO Happy Hour, who has a, a lot of experience with handling this, it makes a huge uh, benefit and difference for the SEO professionals who are having the same. So. Thank you so much for joining. I am Adriana Boyadin. I am coach and uh, SEO manager. I'm helping SEO professionals to kind of like just handling their SEO job and life in more kind of like proper way with more fulfillment. And I'm uh, teaching them about right mindset for SEO success. And uh, one part of my uh, job and life is actually having these SEO happy hour sessions where we are talking about like all these things that um, at least for me are definitely more important than SEO technical things. So that is introduction. Let's start. Levi, take the floor. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I guess kind of start a little bit with um, about me and what I do and how I kind of got here. So um, I'm Levi, um, pronounced perfectly, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so I am the SEO manager at Hello Earth. So we're a uh, digital marketing agency, um, but we focus on performance marketing. Um, and we have, we're basically a values-led agency, a purpose-led agency. So we work with um, brands that are, um, for good in some way shape or form mostly so um whether they're b corp and good for the environment or if they're working towards that um or if they're like charity or have um products that are potentially more environmentally friendly that sort of thing is our kind of focus um mainly e-commerce um and yeah so i basically run the show um for seo for the agency um it was a new service when i joined the agency just over a year ago. Um, so I've basically been growing it myself and introducing it to everyone else there. And we're kind of just learning the ropes as an agency on how uh, how to do SEO um, as a small and sustainable uh, agency and trying to do SEO in a sustainable way as well. Which oh, is nice. Nice. Uh, first time I'm hearing actually um, uh, working SEO in a sustainable in a stable way. So uh, I didn't have any chance to hear these two words, SEO and sustainability in the one sentence. So that's that's so nice to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's good fun. It's very good fun. We're obviously still very early days um, because it's a very digital, um, you know, it's the whole thing is digital, isn't it? It's it's hard to think about it as, as a sustainability issue, but it is... Um, so it's it's something we're very conscious of when we're doing what we're doing as an agency. Um, and I'm, yeah, super proud to be a part of it. Nice. And how everything started? How did you enroll the SEO world? And um, how did you feel back then? So um, it started, so I always wanted to be marketing, um, but I didn't know anything about SEO at all uh, until I was in my previous role. So um, I worked in marketing agencies um when I came out of university where I studied marketing and didn't really find my thing so I did little bits of um paid search I did bits of PR did bits of I mean pretty much everything I did a little bit of um even tried my hand at design which I was not very good at um and yeah it, there was nothing that really clicked um I moved to the agency that I was at before Hello Earth um, and a little while in, my manager kind of came to me and said, you're not having a good time, are you? And I was like, no, I'm really not. Um, I was doing, brought in to do um, PR and like link building style content marketing. Um, and it was not going well. <laughs> I had no experience. So they took a punt on me and it did not pay off. Um, I was terrible at it. And 
basically just wasted a lot of money for a year. Um, <laughs> so the my manager also happened to be um, the guy that was basically in charge of SEO at the time in the agency. And he was like, yeah, this, let's, let's change it up. Do you want to try some SEO and see how you feel? Um, and yeah, he gave me a few kind of things to try and I tried it out and I just loved it. Um, and that it's kind of been, that's been my obsession since really. Um, so yeah, it was, I just needed someone else to offer me that as, as an opportunity. And I, yeah, I picked it up and I've been, I've been happy ever since. Yeah. Obsession. I think that's definitely what we are all feeling about SEO and I have never met like SEO professional that is not obsessed with SEO and I think that is the only way how you can actually be on track and be like with all these crazy things that are happening nowadays uh, because if you are not addicted to it like you 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 will not handle it like and you will not like it in the end so yeah exactly I've also never met an SEO that's not completely obsessed with SEO so <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's so common all right so I think for for especially this topic people who are going to watch this and who are here definitely are here for the core like advices like how to uh, first like be aware of the uh, ADHD and then like how to handle how to communicate with others uh, so maybe if you can start with uh, how everything started, like with, in your case. Sure. So um, I had always felt a little bit like I didn't experience things the same way that other people did. Um, and it was never really something I ever talked about. So even when I was young, um, I kind of just didn't quite feel like I fitted in with what everybody else was doing um I was always known as very chatty I had a lot to say and not a lot of time to say it um I was she's got so much potential if she just stopped talking um all of that at school it was all the same sort of thing and um, I even had like really bad hyperactivity spells when I was really young and had to have like limited sugar and particular e-numbers I couldn't have and all this crazy stuff and they basically just thought I was an energetic kid um and then as I got older and older I kind of I never thought it was ADHD but I did again still kind of feel like I wasn't experiencing life the same way that other people were um and a lot of things were very up and down I was always anxious um and yeah I just didn't really know what was kind of going on um and then uh it actually very only very recently I was actually diagnosed so I was diagnosed about two years ago um and the reason it came about was uh after working at home during lockdown I was very aware that I was doing a lot more good work at home and when we went back to the office I really struggled, like really struggled. Um, I found myself constantly feeling like I was overwhelmed and just really stressed out by the idea of being around all that noise and the temperature changing every five minutes because everybody wanted the air conditioning at a different temperature, um, deciding what to wear. I, I was so specific about certain things. Um, I little things like I was stressed about having to pack a lunch to take with me into the office because I didn't know what I was going to want to eat that day. And working from home during the lockdowns, I'd been able to just choose what I wanted there. And then stuff like that, which all seems kind of normal in a way, but it's like everybody would experience that, but I had it like really exaggerated. Um, and that's like, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about ADHD is that the symptoms are basically everyday people things, but extremely exaggerated. So, you know, you might have that itchy jumper that you don't really like wearing, but you'll probably wear it because you like it. Um, but I physically can't deal with the itchy jumper sort of thing. It's that sort of, you know. Um, so, yeah, after going back into the office and 
just really not enjoying myself. Um, I was like, what has changed? Why am I not okay like I was before? Um, and it actually it actually started with TikToks. I was watching TikToks a lot. Um, and that was when it all started getting big, obviously during lockdown. And I just had a bunch of of people that were coming up on my feed saying all these things that they were experiencing and were like, this could be a sign of ADHD. And I'd never really thought about it. Um, and I looked it up. I did the classic ADHD, tons of research, got a bit hyper-focused on it, um, searched up everything I possibly could about ADHD in women. Um, it's horribly underdiagnosed because women present ADHD very differently. And it's it was more common after the rise of social media as well, because there are certain things that can cause quite similar symptoms that happen with social media. So there were also people that were being misdiagnosed because they were essentially um, in a, like weirdly traumatized by overuse of social media, which is very weird. Um, and I didn't know that was a thing either. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look into this a bit more and perhaps actually speak to someone who might be able to help out. Um, and when I did, speak to my doctor and um they kind of basically said it's yeah I think you need to go and see maybe do a, a a test of some description to see if you actually match the criteria so they often send you like an online test that you can do that says all the things that um are classic symptoms um I did the test and it said I was like 85 percent likely to have ADHD in some way Mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of where it came from and after you did a test like how did you feel like was it like more clear to you or like have you been like more concerned like what kind of feelings cause uh the results of the test um I think I was I was worried um because I didn't really know what that meant for me for my career for everything that kind of came after that I also didn't know what the official diagnosis process was like so it created a bit of I didn't really have it was a bit of unknown and I didn't like the unknown um but at the same time it was also kind of quite um it made me feel like validated that I'd had I'd always thought I'd experience things differently and perhaps I actually had experienced things differently and it wasn't just me thinking that I was the main character. Like it, it might've actually been because of something. So it was, it was scary, but really validating. And then especially when I got the official diagnosis, um, I sat down and had a big cry because I felt like everything in the world felt a lot easier because I knew why I was the way I was. But also I was like, how am I going to deal with this moving forward? Like this is, it's a lot of information to take in and it's a lot to process. Yeah, I, uh, it looks like you got a, a relief because like all the puzzles like are like done, but also you, yeah. you now have a new worry to worry about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it once I got, the official diagnosis and um my uh psychiatrist said you know you're you're both types of ADHD so there's two general types there's attentive and inattentive so um there's basically hyperactive and like very docile um and I'm a bit of both which is the worst one uh in my opinion because it means five every five minutes you're switching from being pinging off the walls to wanting to sleep um and that like just knowing all of that made it, it like it basically explained everything that I'd dealt with over the years it explained all my school reports it explained why I didn't like things that other people liked you know why I don't like exercising and I don't like you know being out in certain like the why I don't like it when it's really hot out and lots of people are like oh it's lovely and hot outside and I'm like no go away <laughs> I don't want any of it <laughs> um things like that it just explained so much 
So it was a huge relief. But then, yeah, I had to deal with the concern of like, how am I going to tell my employers? How is mm-hmm. that going to affect my employment moving forward? Um, do I need medication for it? Like, what? how do I treat it? Um, how bad is it? You know, all of mm-hmm. that stuff. So you get a lot of questions from it as well. Yeah. And that is something that also like I would like to discuss, actually, like what are the next steps? So people who are like even um, doing these tests to actually know like, okay, now I have or I don't have it. But like if I have it, like what is my next step? Because I think like this is like the, the most kind of like challenging moment because you have been diagnosed, like you get results and now you don't know like what to do. So you are having like even more pressure, you are having more anxiety. So all these feelings are like on the highest level because this is a huge challenge to deal with. Yeah, definitely. So um, I also didn't know what the next step was. So I kind of had to wing it. Um, And I didn't have anyone close to me at the time that I knew that also had ADHD. So I didn't, I kind of just had to work it out. And I started with uh, being as open and honest as I could be with my employers. Um, So they knew I was going through the testing process and um, they knew that I had concerns. Um, I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say they were like super supportive, but they weren't also, you know, horrible about it. Um, I was very honest with them and said that this is part of, me now and um I don't know what's going to happen next um I then found out from my uh psychiatrist that there are some things that happen generally when you get diagnosed so a lot of people experience what you call um unmasking and skill regression when you find out that you have something like ADHD or autism is a similar thing where basically you're like, okay, so this is why I am the way I am. But all of the years that you've spent covering up how you are to try and fit in with everyone else, you kind of have to unlearn it. Um, And taking that kind of normal person mask off, as much as I hate the phrase normal person, taking that typical person mask off and putting and allowing your untypical self to be there often results in your brain being like I don't know how to do things without being in complete flight mode all the time um so you basically the best way I can explain it is you live your life in fight or flight or like rest and most people have the rest and they do the fight or flight when they're like in a stressful situation but when you're when you have something like ADHD you spend a lot of your life in that fight or flight sort of mode and you don't really get the rest bit so you kind of feel like you're constantly on edge constantly stressed about something constantly worried or anxious about something happening and then when you take the mask off and you get a little bit of the rest your brain goes I don't know how to do things like a normal person like I only know how to do these things under extreme pressure and you kind of forget how to do stuff (laughs) Like you had to teach yourself how to do everything that you did before. I had to teach myself a lot of new ways of doing my work um, and teach myself how to remember things and stuff like that, because even things like um, stuff that had worked previously didn't really work anymore. Um, it's a bizarre experience to be like, oh, well, that that used to that used to help me a lot. And now it doesn't. Um, but yeah it's it's interesting yeah and um, uh, can you just tell us a little bit of example like how did you find a new way of doing like the things that is like more in the way that is more suitable for you that like it's more beneficial for you How, how did you find that kind of like part like definitely it was learning but what kind of signals you were tracking to say like yeah this is something that like now it's it's better for me Um, So the main one I think that I had to learn how to do was to get back into like a focus mode. So I'd pretty much over the time that I'd been working and was undiagnosed, 
I'd kind of just faked being focused um as you know as as that's the best way I can describe it is like faking a focus mode when um I got diagnosed and I was like okay so that's why I can't pay attention to anything I then suddenly really couldn't pay attention to anything um it was almost like the diagnosis made that worse so I had to do a bunch of like trial and error. I did a load of research. I actually use TikTok quite a lot as well. Um, a lot of people say things like TikTok are not valuable resources. They really are for a starting point. So like for anybody who's watching, listening, um, if you're getting a lot of stuff on TikTok that says you could have ADHD, don't be like TikTok's diagnosing me do the further research because that's where I started and it's really helped. So it's, it's not an invalid thing to find it on TikTok. So I actually used um, social media quite a lot to look up like what tactics other people were using that were helpful. Um, I found a bunch of um, ADHD creators on LinkedIn, on Facebook, um, Instagram and TikTok that all had a lot of like hints and tips for getting into what we call hyper-focus or like focus mode. Um, and I just had to try loads of different stuff. And I knew it was working. The bits that I tried were working when I forgot that I was trying it, uh-huh. <laughs> if that makes sense. So yeah. I'd be like, um, my I, one of my big uh, hacks is I have my headphones on, they're sound Uh, noise cancelling headphones and I have a specific playlist of songs that I know so well that I know like every word and there's nothing new so I don't like listen to it necessarily it blocks everything out um, and I'm able to basically forget that I'm listening to music because I know all the songs so so well it's like background music and then I just kind of get on with stuff um, and the first time that that actually worked, I kind of just sat doing bits and bobs, doing my work and was like, oh, that worked quite well <laughs> after I'd done a couple of hours of decent work. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like the only way I knew that things were working was that like, yeah. I forgot I was trying out. <laughs> and what was in the situation when uh, it didn't work, when you were trying like different things, but it hasn't actually been successful? Like, what did you saying to yourself? Like, how, how definitely in these in these moments, you are your biggest support because like probably nobody is there, maybe partners, but actually most of the times like you are alone with yourself. So what kind of support you were giving to yourself and like what kind of advice you can share? Um, so obviously I knew things weren't working when I was getting distracted super easily. Um, so I knew that having, uh, notifications on my, uh, Google calendar, that didn't work. Um, and I realized that didn't work because it meant that every time I got a notification, I clicked off whatever I was doing and started doing something else and did the classic, like, completely got distracted immediately by something else. And then I'd forget what I was doing in the first place. So I think it's, it is pretty much all trial and error. So in terms of like advice that I could give to people that were having this experience or even just not having ADHD, but just struggling with focus in general and trying to get good work done. Um, the advice I've got is that like it's just try as much as possible different tactics for creating an environment where you're able to get stuff done um and it takes a long time to get there I'm still not there a hundred percent like I don't know if I ever will be there a hundred percent um but for me things like I knew if I put music on that I wanted to sing along to I wouldn't get anything done because I'd instead just be sitting in my chair vibing to the music instead of getting the work done. Um, And the same goes for like a lot of people really love um, like repetitive or like um, lo-fi music or something like that that's very quiet and, you know, calming. I can't do that stuff either most of the time because it makes me tired and then I don't do any work. (laughs) So it it literally is just finding the things that work for you 
And even if you're not ADHD, that's just as valuable. Um, just finding the little tips and tricks that work for you. Like for me, a couple of things that really work, obviously my headphones. Um, I always have at least two different types of drink. So I'll always have my trusty uh, emotional support water bottle that goes with me everywhere. Um, and same sort of thing with like reminding yourself to drink water. That sort of make it super easy. Get one with the straw. Um, and then I will always have a like taste drink. So I'll have one for hydration, one for taste. And then sometimes I'll also have a hot drink as well, which is, you know, often you get the three, which is the energy, the taste and the, the hydration. Um, things like that. I'll always make sure my um, workspace is like clean and clear because I find that a cluttered space makes me feel really cluttered and then I get distracted super easily. Um, things like I have a whiteboard um, above my desk that has basically has where I'm at with all of my different clients and what I've got to do next. And then as I do stuff, I can be like, oh, I've done that thing. I can update my whiteboard now. And it's it's almost like a little game being able to do a little update. And then I'm like, yeah, that's done. Um, and I mean, I, that is also quite a good tip, like gamifying things, making things little tasks that make it really fun. Um, and make it like you're kind of winning if you get something done that helps a lot of people um it helps me to an extent uh things like i can eat that chocolate bar if i get this done in a certain amount of time sometimes that works sometimes it doesn't sometimes i'll just eat the chocolate bar <laughs> um <laughs> depends whether i remember that i'm an adult and i can make my own choices or not um <laughs> But yeah, that's my kind of, they're my like top things that I've found work really well for me. But I know those, a lot of those things won't work for other people. And it, it really is just finding your own rhythm and finding your own way of doing things that work for you. And you might, people might look at you and think you're a weirdo because you're writing on a whiteboard or, you know, people might think you're silly because you've got yeah a novelty headphones on because it actually makes you put them on and or something like that, or because you're listening to Christmas music in July, whatever works for you, that's what's important. It's so easy to be worried about being judged, but if it works, it works. And your employer is going to rather you look a bit silly with some novelty headphones on than you're not being able to get your work done. So yeah. But also you you don't need to do any of these and like people can think still think that you are weirdo for some reason. So if you're just yeah. paying attention like what other people will say, like just like don't waste energy and time on it because like they will think like whatever they think, even like we are doing something or even we are not doing something, like yeah. it's on them, it's it, it it's not on us. Exactly. So yeah I think you 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 gave a, a lot of good advices and definitely like this is something that even when you are not having ADHD and you are having a, a, a struggle with focus, like just like trying different things, like what is actually working for you and don't be hard on yourself because like you are in the process of figuring out because if you are in the middle of process, putting so much pressure on yourself and like you're being your own like uh, enemy, then it's definitely will harder for you to just like find, find your way. Um, but yeah, I think people are so hard on themselves, uh, especially in these situations when uh, we don't need to be like, we will find the, that that is something that is working better for us. It's just like takes some time, like sometimes, sometimes it's faster, sometimes it's not, but it's just like uh, uh, putting pressure on us. Definitely it's not, and it's not helping. So yeah. You mentioned, and that is something that we started, like the steps after like uh, getting results. And you mentioned like communication with your employer, manager, uh, and definitely here we have a huge fear, huge fear of first rejection, fear like what people will say, and then definitely what will happen. Maybe I will, I'm going to be fired. Maybe they will decrease my salary. Like maybe I will lose some clients. So. I think that would be like also a huge challenge for people. Like even they know that they have 
and now they need to communicate like uh, 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 this with the employer. So how you overcome that moment to actually, you know what, I I'm going to tell my employer. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I think so. A big part of it for me with my previous employer was I felt like I needed to explain where why I'd had some issues with certain things and it almost felt like a bit of like proof as to what I was saying when I was saying I'm struggling with noise I'm struggling being in the office like it was almost like a okay here's your proof that that was real and I wasn't just doing it because I wanted to work from home because it was more comfy you know it was um so if you're in that situation I think try and think of it like I'm I'm proving that I'm not making this up and I'm actually having this experience and that makes you feel a little bit more confident with having that conversation um I was very lucky at my last job that the manager that I had at the time was very um kind about the situation and I spoke to him directly and he was very understanding um I think it is important to know who you're having that conversation with and not you don't necessarily have to have that conversation either if you if you think that you can get by without having to have that conversation with an employer or you think that employer is likely to then be prejudiced against you because of it sometimes it is easier to have that satisfaction of knowing that you've been through that process and now you understand yourself better and you can understand your work a bit better but to not have to have that additional pressure of that prejudice on you if you have a feeling that your employer is going to be crappy and and be like that thankfully I didn't have that experience um but in terms of like so when I moved on um from my last job and uh was interviewing for jobs afterwards um I put in all of my applications very obviously that I had a disability and that it was ADHD um so a lot of employers will ask within um uh, application forms if you have any disabilities that they would need to um like provide any kind of additional support for and I put that within that because ADHD is a disability um a lot of people think it's just in your brain it's not it does take a lot of physical toll on people and it does affect people around you um so I always made sure I was very clear and open because I didn't want to work anywhere that didn't have for starters, didn't have that space for me to be able to declare that I had that um, condition. But also, if they were going to be um, prejudiced about it, then I kind of wanted to know straight up rather than having that awkward experience where I feel like I'm going to have a good time and then it ends up being really rubbish um, because they're not they're not willing to make those changes or to... Um, to flex things a little bit to suit how you work best. So I was very clear with in all of my applications that I had ADHD. And I also put and made sure when I was talking with recruiters that recruiters were clear about that as well. And that it didn't necessarily affect my performance or the quality of my work. Um, it's just that I do things a little differently sometimes. And like that's fine a lot of people do things differently so why am I any different you know um yeah and I think I also made sure I mentioned it when I had interviews um my first interviews with each person that I then interviewed with after um I always made sure I said like I don't know if you saw on my application or with a recruiter that I do have ADHD and I just wanted you to know that it's something that I'm managing myself. Obviously, by that point, I was medicated as well. So I I was dealing with it a lot better. Um, and yeah, I was able to just be like, if this is going to be a problem, don't worry about it. I'd rather go and work somewhere else. And luckily, at the moment, it is a job seeker's space. You know, if, if you're looking for something, you've got especially an SEO there's a lot of demand for good SEOs. So 
ADHD shouldn't really matter. Um, it shouldn't matter anyway, but especially now it shouldn't matter. So I was kind of like, I was in the in the a good space where I was able to say, if you're not going to be supportive, I don't need to work for you. Um, and I think more people should be like that if they're in a in an industry where you can be. Um, you should be because you shouldn't be treated like rubbish just because of something you were born with. Um, so yeah, I think they're like my key things, especially for people that are looking looking for work. Um, in terms of communicating it with like your team and if you're in an existing team and you get diagnosed and you're struggling to communicate it with the wider team. Um, my, again, I, I've always found this quite easy, so I don't know if I'm the best person to kind of give advice on this, but I didn't have someone in my um, industry that I could look up to that had ADHD the same way. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to try and make myself that person so that anybody else in our industry that feels like they can't get anywhere or they're struggling because they have ADHD and they just need someone that has had success to, as a, just as someone to see and be like, you can do it. Um, I'm going to make myself that. And I make sure that I say regularly to my team, I'm very honest with my team. And I say, you know, I've, don't know, I've run out of meds. So I'm feeling a bit kooky today. Um, I, I keep it nice and light. I keep it nice and like, silly and almost make a joke out of it to be honest because it's easier for people to feel like they can approach you on the topic um and actually being that open about it with my colleagues has meant um in past and current roles has meant that they've also considered whether they might have it um and that the idea that I've potentially helped someone on their journey was enough for me to feel confident to talk a lot about it and make sure that someone else had that person that I didn't have when I was first going through it. So yeah, that's my kind of, I don't know if that's going to help a lot of people who are going to be super scared um, to talk about it, but if you are super scared to talk about it, find me on LinkedIn and I will help you. I'll guide you through it. I will be there for you um, if you're going through this because it's it is scary. Um, but it's worth it being open about it. People just feel so much more comfortable if you're able to just be like, this is me. And unfortunately, that's just how it is. And if you don't like it, sorry, but <laughs> if you do, then perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like inspirational to see like with uh, with the, how much confidence you are talking about all this. And definitely that will be a motivation for other people to actually like face this challenge and then also communicate. And definitely regarding this communication, like I know there is a huge fear of rejection, but like uh, actually if you are upfront of like your things and like how you are uh, handling your work and if you are not mentioning that, then definitely in the future there is a maybe possibility that they have been is going to be like discovered or you will tell after but uh, if they are not accepting you in the way that you are really are then definitely that company is not for you yeah 100%. so and like even like they are saying no to you if they are seeing like that you are having like ADHD, like in your resume, and then definitely you don't need to work there. And then you will be closer to your future company that is like more right for you. So yeah. just like switching that kind of mindset, like, yeah, it's better that like 10 companies reject me now, but that 11 company that is actually accept me, that will be a right company for, for me. And it's not just about like this, it's, about like all different things that we are handling like doesn't matter like if I have any other like priorities preferences like how to work it's better to be upfront because like definitely you are you're not helping yourself just like covering this up you are making like even harder for you to to work in that place and yeah like what's the words they, they can say like no and then like you can move further and you can uh find another company that is actually be a, a perfect fit for you yeah exactly I I like to 
I because I struggle a lot with the the rejection thing. Um and I like to think to myself, right, okay, so if I get rejected on something because of this, which thankfully I haven't because my current agency are amazing. Um, but if I'd been rejected because of it, I'm like, actually, okay, so I could be honest about it, have that conversation. It might be horrible, but it's going to be 20 minutes of horrible conversation versus years of uncomfortable employment. And your job is something you go to every day, five days a week. It's what you think about. And if you're, if you're ADHD, it's often what you then take home in the evening and do at the weekends and worry about all the time. Otherwise it's, it's such a huge part of your life that it's not worth having that misery just because you don't want to have that 20 minute conversation that might be really awkward or uncomfortable or negative. You know, it's so not worth wasting years of your life somewhere that you're going to be miserable, especially if you're in a situation where you can choose who you work for. Um, yeah. I do think another good uh, tip that I heard was that some sometimes people struggle with that the change if they're changing jobs and they can't people say like oh well what if I can't find an employer that wants an ADHD SEO uh, to take our industry as an example um it's okay to not be doing SEO as a job for a little while like it's okay as long as you kind of keep up with what's going on so you don't lose your skills it's okay to go and work doing data entry or go and do something mindless for a little while until you find the perfect place. It's better to wait and find your people um, than be miserable just because you want to be doing SEO. You know, do a little bit of freelance and go work at Tesco's for a little while or something like that. Anything, it doesn't matter. Do something else and then come back to it and have another go and You'll, eventually you will find a place that is right for you and that will accept you for who you are and will yeah, welcome you with open arms like Hello Earth has with me and they'll learn how to communicate with you. They'll ask you questions and they'll treat you like a person that doesn't have something wrong with them. It's, you get mm-hmm. treated like a person that's just a bit different and that's like it's so valuable having that for your mental and physical health it's so much more valuable having that than it is having that little bit of extra money staying in seo for a while while you can't find somewhere that accepts you for who you are yeah because just staying in the in the environment that is not supporting for any of the reasons like is more harmful for even your career for your health for your well-being at all than just like working in any supermarket in cafe something like that getting uh, because we will survive just having a smaller salary smaller title or something like that but actually what we will not survive is just actually like this kind of like mental health that can be caused by all these non-supportive environments and I'm glad uh, one thing before here the, the crucial moment here, what is happening is actually that people are rushing into new decisions, rushing into new company, because they just want to get that, for example, a new job, because they are hoping that they will feel better once they have a new job. They are not realizing that even with that kind of rushing your decision and get a new job, you will get just new set of numerous problems that you need to handle now and because of your past decisions and uh, because of the challenges that you didn't overcome that you didn't learn how to overcome in the past now instead of like five new issues you are having like 10 new issues to handle with and that you need to learn how to handle all these things because you skip the steps yeah and that's the thing like rushing into new career into new title like even being promoted they've been like doesn't matter like what is not actually helping you just make they're making more issues on the bigger level because you didn't learn how to overcome the, the last kind of like lessons and yeah. that is applicable for all of like even as your professionals 
maybe I'm always saying to my clients, maybe SEO professionals are more exposed to all these because we are facing a lot of challenges, for example, than just like one accountant that like all these like finance templates, like everything is the same. SEO professionals are handling like every new updates, every week new things are happening in the SEO world. So we are constantly exposed to new, new challenges. And if you didn't overcome your past challenge, then definitely you are, you are more open for a new challenge that maybe it looks like a very big challenge, but because of you didn't uh, learn how to handle smaller challenge, now uh, it's it causing you new level of frustration, new level of stress, new level of everything. So just like taking that kind of like small steps, learning small mindset things will actually help you to overcome big challenges in the future much more easier than uh, you would do than just like not doing on your mindset. So uh, thank you yeah. so much for, for mentioning this because like uh, doesn't matter like if you have like any kind of diagnosis or just you are kind of like, and what is what is normal today? So that doesn't exist, but like people are just using these uh, keywords like they are nothing. So uh, yeah, I'm very glad that you mentioned that so we, we can uh, discuss this. And also you mentioned a very important thing is actually how people to communicate uh, with uh, with you. So uh, definitely that will be, that, that will, it will help me, other people, uh, employers, like how to actually communicate with people who uh, have been or like who think that maybe they have like ADHD. Yeah. So um, again, it's 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 different with a lot of people. So a lot of people prefer different communication styles. Um, personally, the one I find more people that I know that have it like is uh basically black and white literal very um clear um no kind of what I would call fluffing or faffing or beating around the bush I guess like whatever you want to call it um so I have always said to my employers like I I need if if you have feedback for me or if you have um, something you need to tell me or instructions for something it needs to be super clear exactly what it is you want so I basically it's, it feels a bit like you're asking to have your hand held through things and that can be a little bit embarrassing sometimes but I I mean I, I remember best an example of this is when I had some slides and um we were gonna we were getting ready to present them and um the person that was kind of building the slides out said I think we need a little bit more in these slides and I was like what do you mean um I don't understand you need to you need to tell me exactly what you want to see what you're seeing in your mind you need to tell me because I can't I can't take what you're saying and turn it into something like a lot of people can. I can't interpret we need to add more into things like a lot of other people can. I need that really clear black and white communication. So can you give me some examples of what you would like to see in this? Um, and as a result of that conversation, I actually basically said to the whole team, I was like, by the way, if you ever need anything from me or you need me to do something, or if there's something that you have to tell me to talk to me about just be super obvious be like this is exactly what I need or this is exactly how I feel about this thing and that will make it so much easier for me to not only get it right the first time the next time but also it makes it so much easier because I then don't have to deal with the feedback of you've done this wrong or you've not done this how I was expecting you to do this and I'm like but I can't I can't interpret how you were expecting me to do it without you literally telling me exactly what you were expecting. So I'm very, very clear with, with my team and um, clients as well. I'm very clear that like, tell me exactly what you want. If you know exactly what you want, if you don't know exactly what you want, then that's fine. We can experiment and talk about it. But if you do, or you've got some examples of what you want, 
that you want me to recreate with my skill, then I need that um, because I'm I'm not able to interpret things the way that a lot of people are. Um, yeah, adding adding fluff or like making it more detailed. I, to me, that doesn't mean anything. I need specifics on those things. So, and I know a lot of other ADHD and autistic people have the same communication style. Well, actually, we don't want the fluff. Um, a lot of the time we just want, here's exactly what we need step by step, or this is exactly the result that I'm expecting from this task. And we'll go away and do it gold star first time, as long as we actually know what it is that you want at the end. <laughs> Yeah, basically I'm listening to you and actually that is something that I'm always like encouraging even like people who are like up or like uh, my team because basically that that makes so much like uh, our work easier because like doesn't matter like when they are telling me like make it more visual or make it like more uh, detail and you mentioned or like more comprehensive like what that means, like comprehensive keyword research, in which in which terms, like in which categories, just like, uh, but here I think people are so afraid to ask because, uh, for example, you are my manager and you told me like, hey, can you make this keyword research, like keyword strategy, like more comprehensive, then like I'm so uh, afraid to ask you like what means comprehensive because then I'm thinking you will think that I'm stupid but actually, no, I'm like bigger professional if I'm saying to you like, yeah, can you tell me like in which way more comprehensive like or in which way more uh, detail that reduce my work, like and my hours to like to perfection, because now I know like in the which way I can do. So I think we should all do this, like even like as a matter of which side you are actually just like. Yeah, just like telling me I'm I'm so straightforward person and like I just like can't deal with fluff, especially because of my language barrier, because I don't have time to like look for all these words and in, in my native language in my native language as well, because like that makes so much uh like things clearly. It helps all people to just like, yeah, let's work on things and, and like talk clearly and uh Definitely, it it helps all people to actually do their job and makes their life easier. Yeah, I think one of the the things that I've gotten used to kind of using as a little bit of justification for asking for that information. So, if a client said, "I want a report on performance for November" or something like that, as an example, and I provided something, they said, oh, "Well, can you make it a bit more detailed?" If I was feeling a bit like, um, I don't know what that means, I can, the way I ask is, I want to make sure I get this exactly how you want it. Can you tell me what exactly is missing from here? Or if you know what exactly is missing so that I can get it right. Um, it That helps being like, actually, I want, it's, it's kind of putting it into, so they, they feel like they're getting something extra. Or like you're really taking your care over it because you're saying, I want to make sure that I get this right for you. Oh, yeah. And this is your report. This is this is for you. You've asked for it. I want to make sure I get this right because, you know, it's important to me to get it right. Tell me exactly what you need. And that actually works like 99% of the time. People are like, oh, of course. Yeah, I need this, this and this data in it specifically for X reason. Or you can say things like, what is the intended purpose of this information or this task that I'm doing after I've done it? What are you going to use it for? What do you need it for? So that I can make sure I provide the right information within the task that I'm doing. And a lot of the time that will encourage them to give you that information that you're nervous of asking about. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That's that's so nice because actually you are expressing that what you are doing is very valuable to you and also your client is valuable to you so you want to make a, a, a right report for them and just like just expressing that uh, in in that way makes them feel like more important and that like you're not doing your job just like for the sake of doing that you actually want to make them uh, more like happy and like more satisfied so yeah. yeah, that's that's very nice to to rephrase that. 
All right. So can you can you maybe uh, think about like anything that you would like to share? Maybe I didn't ask you. Maybe we didn't uh, touch on that. Um, I think, um, I guess my kind of like biggest bit of advice that I have for anyone that is struggling a bit, particularly with work, um, I've said the same thing to a few people that have been struggling and I know it's helped them or they've told me so. So, um, my biggest bit of advice is that you need to be kind to yourself. If you especially if you have something like ADHD but anybody in general be kind to yourself I every day I'm like I did good today I got out of bed I had a shower I did things that are for people with ADHD chronic illness disabilities all those sorts of things everything that is like seemingly normal and very easy and autopilot for people who are who don't have those things it takes so much more energy it takes so much more effort it is exhausting so when you get to the end of the day if you've done good work if you've got out of bed if you've had a shower if you've brushed your teeth say thank you to yourself and be like I did good today I did all that stuff that other people take for granted on a daily basis on an hourly basis I remembered to eat go me <laughs> it's that you really have to be so kind to yourself because if you don't and you live by expectations that are set by people who don't find those things difficult you're constantly going to be beating yourself up you're always going to be thinking that you're behind or that you're not good enough or that you're you know why can't I do this I used to ask myself all the time and actually I still do sometimes say why can't I do this everyone else can do this easily like why can't I do it it's because it's the the rest of the world is not built for me. I have to try and fit into a world that's built for people that are not like me. So I have to say thank you to myself. I have to say, well done. I have to reward myself for when I get through those things, those days that are really hard and I don't want to get out of bed and I don't want to shower. Um, when I do, that's an achievement. So the fact that I've been able to have a career I've been able to do a full day's work I've been able to do all this extra stuff doing stuff like this doing Brighton SEO talks things like that the reason I can do all that stuff is because I'm kinder to myself now and I'm like well done me for getting through what is harder for me to do than most other people um and that's it goes for anybody that has any kind of ailment or illness or disability that makes things a bit difficult like it's it's the same thing and even if you're going through something uh, some mental health problems you know even if you're struggling with depression or anxiety same goes if you got out of bed and you showered and you did a day's work you've done incredibly so like well done you yeah. <laughs> that's the best advice I have <laughs> I would say well done Levi I think every sentence that's when since we started and it's like almost like one hour ago i think it's so useful and i think it's so beneficial for not just like people with uh, adhd with for all seo professionals who are doing like uh, seo work for their the everyday tasks so i think we can all learn from uh, from these things so um thank you so much for 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 doing this I Thank think a huge value is here. And um, yeah, for people who would like to get in contact with you, they can find you on LinkedIn. Yep. So I will also uh, tag uh, your LinkedIn profile in the in the video so they can find you below. And um, yeah, I have I have no no more words to say except thank you. Thank you for doing this and uh, thank you for sharing your uh, experience on the very specific topic it it helps all of us so uh, i hope i will see you maybe in the one of the next episodes maybe next year on, around the uh, some another topic that you are passionate about as well so uh, looking forward to what 2024 will make for you me too. Thank you very much for having me. I've, I've had a lovely time. And yeah, like you said, if anybody wants to reach out, um, 
whether they're ADHD or not and just wants a chat or some support, please do um, just chuck me a, a DM on LinkedIn and I'll be happy to help. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you. And um, for people who are watching this, see you in the next SEO Happy Hour episode. Thank you. Bye-bye.